Uh, so I have been uh, fighting a cold, and so I, I just like to warn people I am a no-hug zone today. I uh, don't, don't want to share uh, this gift uh, with any of you. And uh, this is our third week in Advent, and we are now looking at the week of peace, and our scripture reading comes to us from the letter to the Philippians, chapter 4 and verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. So a recent survey found that the most beloved Christmas movie is the classic It's a Wonderful Life. And you will remember that in the first part of this classic movie, George Bailey is waiting. He's waiting to travel the world. He's waiting to go to college. He's waiting to go on his honeymoon. He's waiting to have great adventures. But life constantly intervenes and thwarts his plans again and again. And so George is stuck in Bedford Falls, running the mom-and-pop building and loan. And his friends and his brother are off across the world, living the kind of life that George has always dreamed of. But for the sake of others, George finds himself consigned to this rather smallish and unimportant kind of life. And then, of course, we'll remember that Uncle Billy loses $7,000 that had to be deposited in the bank for them to remain solvent. I, I don't know, but today it would probably be $40,000 or something. Uh, it's a huge sum of money, and now uh, George is on the brink of disaster. He knows that he might have to go to jail. He knows that the business will probably close. He's in turmoil and thinks it would probably be better if he had never been born at all. All of this waiting, all of this doing the right thing for others, and here he is on the brink of disaster as if his life is about to be destroyed. You know, the Apostle Paul also knows something about waiting As he is writing this letter to the Philippians, he's sitting in prison. Probably Rome, we're not sure, but it seems like he has been in Rome or wherever in prison for probably about two years. 
And he's longing to see these brothers and sisters in Christ again. He's waiting to travel to Philippi. He's waiting to see them again. He's waiting to resume this work of Christ that has been his life. And you know, this isn't the first time that Paul has ended up in jail for doing Christ's work, for preaching the gospel, which seems to regularly get him in trouble, and yet he persists. And in fact, Paul is living what is really a simple life. He's working as a tent maker. He's proclaiming Christ wherever he can across the world. He's given up his life as a Pharisee with all its power and privilege. See, for the sake of the gospel, Paul is consigned to this kind of life. And yet... Despite the hardships he encounters, despite the fact that he's locked up again in prison, Paul writes these words to the church at Philippi. Rejoice! Rejoice! This is the same Paul who has learned to be content in every situation. And he tells this church, Don't worry, God is with us. And when God is with us, we have peace, peace that surpasses understanding, peace that doesn't make sense to our minds, peace no matter the circumstances we might find ourselves in. No matter what we are facing at any given time, Paul says the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. Paul says that this peace is a spiritual reality. It's not something we think our way to. It's a gift of the Spirit. Now, for most people, when they define peace, they're thinking about the absence of conflict. In other words, we're at war, the conflict ends, we are at peace. But the biblical understanding of peace is much deeper and richer. This Hebrew word shalom and the Greek word erene, both translated as peace, carry the meaning of wholeness, completeness, of a total kind of well-being. Peace is about having this sense that everything is right with the world despite what may happen or what we may be in the midst of. It's about all the broken pieces of our lives being glued back together. It is a spiritual reality that's offered to us. So even though Paul is in prison, he experiences this deep peace of God, the wholeness that is possible only through the gift of the Christ child. And remember, this one, this Jesus who was born in the manger, who has this ministry, who then is crucified 
died and resurrected when he re-encounters his disciples for the first time, he proclaims to them, peace be with you, wholeness and completeness and well-being be with you all. You see, we are offered this gift of peace in that babe born in the manger. Now, for George Bailey, it takes this angel in training, Clarence, to help him see how much his life has mattered to so many people and what a difference he's made in the world in so many ways as small as they have been. And in fact, you know, the real angel in the movie isn't Clarence, but it's George who has given his life for the sake of others over and again. But the one thing that George seems to be lacking is this gift of peace. Peace is a choice that comes with our faith in Jesus Christ. All of us are waiting. In this Advent season, we are reminded that we're waiting for the Christ child to be born again into our world. But in this Advent season, we remember that we're also waiting for Christ to return in final victory and to complete what he began 2,000 years ago. And in our waiting, we are encouraged to serve others to love others, to give our lives away to others, to help others, to rejoice always, for God is with us no matter what. Of course, when we come to this season, it's not perfect for everybody. There are a number of people who are facing really difficult times. There are people who have been diagnosed with illnesses, people who are grieving the loss of a loved one, people who may be facing real financial hardships. There can be very difficult things that weigh heavy during this season. But even for those of us without all of those things, we get in this state of, of worry and anxiety in this Christmas season about whether we've got all our decorations or the lights on our Christmas tree or working or, you know, if uh, this family member is going to show up at the dinner and if they do, are they going to be like uh, nasty to everybody and, oh, can I afford all, and I can't find what the kids want and, ah! We work ourselves up into this kind of frenzy and Paul breaks through and says, God's got you. Whatever you are going through in this season, this peace is available to you and God has you. You see, whether we're surrounded by friends and family or we are imprisoned in some sort of difficult and lonely situation, whether we are lassoing the moon like George Bailey or only stumbling through mud puddles, whether we are traveling the world and fulfilling all our dreams or resigned to living in our own little Bedford Falls, we are offered the peace that surpasses all understanding. 
We are offered wholeness and complete well-being here and now in and through Christ. So this Christmas, no matter what we are facing, Paul invites us to give peace a chance to set aside our worry, to set aside our frustration, to set aside our anxiety, to set aside our disappointments, and to accept the gift of peace that surpasses all our understanding, to know that this gift is ours through that baby born in a manger and waiting for us to receive. And now, gracious God, we pray to you that in this season, those who are experiencing difficulties and those who are experiencing anxiety in this season would find and claim and receive the gift that you offer of peace in Jesus Christ. May we have this gift of peace so that we do not miss the meaning of this season, that you are with us now and always. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.